go. Steve, for a, a non-whiteout weekend, this sure does seem like a busy, newsy week. It's it, it's it feels like a big game week, right? Woo-hoo. Yeah. Would you say it's a big noon Saturday? Would you big? Noon? It is, and they're giving away stuff to get people there too. So God bless them. Hey, you can get a PlayStation. Apparently, I saw that. You, know, you can get that's... the first three hundred people get some gets a free shirt too. Cool, great. I hope those Buckeye people gobble that stuff up. Have fun. Hi, Steve. Uh, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve. Steve, we've got a, a lot, like we've legitimately got a lot of things to talk about today. So if this runs to a longer podcast, Steve and I apologize, but don't blame us because um, blame Penn State for being in the news. Um, let me start my stopwatch or timer here so I know how long we're going. And um, we've got, let's see, we've got last last weekend's game to discuss this weekend's game we've got penn state's new schedule for 2023 we've got big noon saturday um and then this week as i think many people have been waiting for i finally am on the hot seat in old guy young guy but you said it's not hard and uh, quote i will do great so you'll do great okay thanks for your confidence um all right Steve, um, do you want to, uh, here's what I'm going to, here's how we're going to start this podcast. How was your first game inside Beaver Stadium this year? It felt both old and new at the same time. It felt familiar and a little new. I, I went in with a friend, a, a friend from college's daughter who hadn't been to a whiteout before. So we went early, um, more than an hour and a half of game clock countdown hadn't even started, but I took her into the tunnel to show where the team came out so she could see that stuff. We walked upstairs. The first, the first words when I heard when we got to the upper deck where, where our seats were, the first words that were clear above the din from, from just people talking were, where do they sell the beer at? So that was new. Um, some of the same familiar faces were up there. New faces were up there. Um, it was, they talked about changes to the game day stuff. There weren't, didn't seem like there was a lot. They did a couple things early in the game during pregame warmups, like, like, um, the, the kid of the game, the, the window company kid of the game and that kind of stuff that seemed like it would fall later in the game rundown. Usually they kind of got that out of the way early. Um, big crowd, lots of people there, big excitement for the whiteout, grumpy crowd early on with the quarterback making the mistakes. Um, wasn't just the student section who was offering their input about what they thought, how, how things were going. Um, and then, then things turned pretty quickly when things started going well. Um, so it was it was fun. We had a good time. I think Penn State did what it was supposed to do. Um, yeah, it was great. You uh, w- were you out of shape getting up? Because you it's a it's a climb. To it is it is a climb, and no, I wasn't. Although I didn't race, and and she's probably not in as good a shape as I. I mean, she's a young kid, so we didn't we didn't go crazy. Um, no, but it, it felt fun to get back up there again. I'm not in any hurry to go again this year. I got my one in, but um, interesting. Yeah, I mean, there were parts about it you miss, right? Like then it's just familiar with the band coming, all the stuff that you've done yeah. for 25 or 30 years that are just great. Um, but at the same time, you know, five minutes into the first quarter, some crew of late 20-somethings, probably your age, a girl, two girls and two guys show up late and somebody asked them, hey, just can you sit down to you cross in front of us to go to your seats? And surprisingly enough, the young woman was not patient or receptive to that idea and started F-bombing this guy and gave him the little pinch of the finger, shut your mouth thing. 
oh, I'm glad that wasn't me because somebody would have been really in trouble, like just disrespectful and mean, like just Penn State on Penn State crime, which just seems stupid, right? Like, wait a second to go to your seat. Um, so I didn't miss that part, which has, has always been a case in some of the seats around us. And that's why we have an old guy, young guy segment on this podcast. <laughs> um, okay, good. Um, I'll get to the ranting and raving about the game here in a second. But my, my last question for you is this. All week, we kept hearing about this damn light thing. How was the light thing? I have not gotten a clear answer from various people that I know. Like, I think most people weren't wowed by it. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was, oh my God, I can't wait for that to happen again. But it wasn't, it wasn't poor, lame, whatever the whatever the correct word is. It was okay. Like it was at least they tried something new type thing. They tried they something new. Okay. The the lights pulsed through the stadium and did whatever. Like everybody, you had to turn your phone on, right? And it just, I guess, through the wireless stuff, because your phones had it was funny. I was watching people in front of me, you know, go through and, and turn their phones onto airplane mode and do whatever they were supposed to do. I mean, my phone stayed in my pocket because I figured one little light at the top of the stadium wasn't gonna hurt them. Um, but it was, it was, it was not bad. It's not something. I mean, I'm sure it'll get repeated next year at whiteout time, whenever that is. Um, it wasn't it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't like what I need to go to the game for, you know. But I'm glad I'm for them and, and Penn Staters always do this. They play along, right? It's why the whiteout has been successful. It's, you tell Penn Staters to do something, for the most part, they're rule followers and they're gonna play along. They may F bomb each other while they're getting into the stands <laughs> to do it, but they're gonna play along. There it is. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I'm glad. Did you get a beer? I, I think that I said I was going to be. No, lines were super long. I, I intended right. to, but the lines were super long and I wasn't that thirsty. Yeah, I, I haven't decided. Maybe Saturday just for nerve's sake. I might just do it and get it over with. Um, okay. All right. Let's discuss the game. Um, I was able to watch most of the game. Um, in fact, the groom came over. Who li- I think the groom who listens to this podcast came over and watched also maybe the third quarter, the entire third quarter, or most of the third quarter. With so this was on your phone at the reception? Yeah, this was okay. a phone at the reception. I My takes are this. That, was suppo- that looked like the Penn State team that we were supposed to see a week prior, and I think that was uh, like I said before, like when you go home and you get that homemade cup of mom's chicken noodle soup or their her chocolate chip cookies that's exactly what that whiteout was all these people being like oh they wasted a whiteout on minnesota no they didn't that was the perfect shot antidote whatever to the season falling apart that i think sean clifford needed i think the defense needed um and i think that really everyone involved in the penn state football team needed um the sean clifford thing the bat the pass was bad like i was like oh that might have been it like like if he has one more bad drive after this one and i think that's kind of been the sean clifford saga of like he might do one thing dumb but he has always tried his hardest to make up for it and i think that might have been at least this season that was his I don't know if that was maybe his best game. The Auburn game still is is better, but that's a top five Sean Clifford game for me. Um, so I think there's that. The booing thing is absolutely disheartening and confusing and annoying to me. 
I understand if you want to boo a coach and you want to boo the administration and everything like that. And I get that Sean Clifford is a little bit older than the average college student, but he's sacrificing his life. Like he put his life pretty much on hold so that he could go play quarterback for Penn state. Like kind of get over it type thing. Also get out there and see how you would do about it. Um, and yeah, I think the defense played – it was, again, perfect game for the defense. They, they really – no issues. Uh, Mo Ibrahim is good. Like, he's a, he is good, good. Yep. Um, that touchdown run he scored where he ran over like, – legitimately ran over, like, three Penn State defenders was one of the more impressive things that I've seen against a Penn State defense and probably ever. Yeah, that was the one thing with the broadcast. They were – they talked about, oh, he's worth the third quarter. He's only got 70-some yards. He's probably not going to get his 100 – and he's done it in whatever 14 games, and and, and they called that a little too early because he ended up getting his hundred, which I was surprised about that they they called it that early from the broadcast side or are talking about it. But yeah, he he was he's really good. Probably the, you know one of the better backs they're going to see all season. They did a good job with him, and start to finish well, except for the start to the finish after the first couple series. Right, it was it was the game, all those things you know, and they needed to shake out some of that other stuff. I think just to to get it out of their system. Maybe we'll see. I think for me with with a Sean Clifford has always been a rhythm quarterback. And I know that sounds weird to say, but like, I think that's when he's played his best is when he can get into a rhythm. And I think on the, I think it was the second drive he threw to Tinsley. And I think he needed like 10 yards and he maybe only got nine or eight. And it was like, if he gets that first down, then the rhythm can really start. And then who knows, he doesn't make that Aaron throw on the next drive. For the yeah. And I think maybe what you didn't, depending on when you were watching and what you didn't see on TV, because I don't know how it played on, t- on TV because I was there. The, the one set of booing was on the fourth down when they didn't go, when they didn't go for it. And, and Clifford said after the game, you know, I thought we were in a position we were going to get it. So there was clearly a miscommunication there. And then the punting team comes out late. They start on and they come out like there was booing. There was a lot of booing there, probably more than for Clifford individually with the pass. It was that indecision and that cluster mess of a of a whatever happened on fourth time that they got it off that had people lit up for a few minutes. Yeah, that was a weird moment. Um, because like I thought Penn State was gonna go for it. Like the offense seemed like they were gonna go for it. And then like on TV, they just kind of showed a blip of it real quick of the, right. the other team coming out. So it wasn't necessarily clear. I think Audrey had a, a good photo of it, um, of what was happening, which I don't know. Not not the end of the world. I think all things No, no, that it, it didn't play out that way, but that was the part that I think people were more upset about was here you are, first game back, trying to get back, do good things. And, and you don't know what your decision-making process is going to be, was the what the fans, I think, were feeling. I think, to me, like, the big one of the big things that not a lot of people are talking about and, and kind of going for it brought that up was some of the running back play was, like, not a lot of people are talking about how quickly that ship got righted. Like, they had a very good game, both, both Allen and Singleton. And I loved the little... It was that they do that T formation where they've got two tight ends and then the running back in the middle mm-hmm. and they just went. And I think sometimes that's the frustration with a lot of Penn state running backs is they might make a move this way or that way before they go. And that slows them down. And then they're caught, especially playing some of the bigger defenses like a Minnesota. And when they just went, it worked great. And so, I don't know. I think that's a, a good takeaway. Um, I thought the tight end play was great as well um it was good to see tyler warren do something 
this season because I don't think he's been as good as he was last year. Because I thought last year, I don't know if you agree with me, but I thought he was the best tight end last year. And, you know, I think this year it's really been Brenton. Um, but but Tyler Warren had a nice game as well. Yeah, I think that was a good thing, both, all, you know, all the way around for both of them and, and for the team. So it had to be a confidence booster overall. It had to be generally good film to look at and a good way to lead into this weekend. Um, anything that worried you? No, the worries were early. I mean, I, 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 Clifford is Clifford, right? Like the early silliness in the poor throw. That's just who he is and how it's going to be. And it shook out and was okay. And the little play calling thing early was, was frustrating to watch, right? Just know what you're going to do or at least communicate better, right? I think Clifford thought they were going for sure and, and they didn't. And it, it you know, you're, you, I mean, that's the thing with it. You, you are bad moments play out in front of 100,000 people plus another, you know, four or six million people on TV. But no, not really. I, I think you've got to be generally optimistic going into this weekend about about what can happen or how you're going to perform. All right, let's uh, let's do it. Um, Steve, where are you at? Like a like a one to ten. Where are you at this week going into Saturday? With ten being that they're going to win for sure. A ten or what, being what's that, the scale? Yeah, yeah. Ten being one being they're screwed. Ten being winning for sure. Five. Maybe four and a half. So they play with Penn State plays really well and doesn't make mistakes, doesn't turn the ball over. I don't think they're again. They, I don't think they're two touch, two touchdowns plus worse. But then again, they went to Michigan and proved they were two touchdowns worse than that team clearly. Um, but the games have been close with Ohio State in general. It's here. It's. Yeah, four and a half, five, I guess. Not super confident, but not shocked if they do well and then not super disappointed if they don't, I guess. Yeah, okay. Your um, number is what? Um, a little bit higher. I think I'm in the six. Okay. Uh, let me, About let me time you start being an optimist. Way to go, I'm, Darian. I'm proud of Darian. Proud of, let, me, let me find the text. My, my college roommate, Andy Medor, texted me and said, what is my level of expectation going into Saturday? And I want to I want to read what I wrote. Well, I'm not going to read what I wrote, but I want to rack my brain off these thoughts. I, okay, here's what I here's what I kind of where I'm kind of at. I think well, if you pulled Penn State's fan base right now, I think 70% of the fan base, it, if you had to give them true serum, and they would be answer this question honestly, 70 to 80% would say they don't think that Penn State can win. Not will they win? Can they win this weekend? I think that's where, where they're at i'm in that 20 percent that thinks they can win i don't know if they will win i i, I just don't know because I, I still don't know exactly how good this team is um like they're one like they're they've really had two tests to this point of the season right they had the auburn game and they had the michigan game the auburn game they looked like a, a world beaters like they looked like a top five team in the country the Michigan game, they looked like a top 100 team in the country, barely. And that's like in the 90s range. Mm-hmm. To me, I like a couple things about Saturday. I like the fact that this is Penn State's best secondary, literally, of my lifetime. Um, I've never felt more confident in the secondary going into a game. Um, so that makes me feel good. I love that it's at home, even if it's a noon kick. Um, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But to me, 
if this game was on the road with the trajectory and the uh, underriding tides of the season, meh, I think that would be a little bit different. Um, momentum and everything else has to be high after Saturday, like let's let pass Saturday. And I think that was good. Like that's the exact type of win that you needed maybe more so than a bye week because then you kind of are like, you know, you're in a groove and you want to continue that groove. Um, and I think like, I don't know, and this is a very broad and vague statement, but statistically speaking in this series that Ohio state is pretty much owned Penn state's relatively due. They're due for one. And I think there is, this is the team that can at home at least, be the ones that capitalize on the the do for it type situation. Um, so yeah, I would say a six to a six and a half. Ooh, look, talk yourself up a half a notch too. I think okay. that's good. Um, I, I think they're built. This Penn State team might be built more to be successful against Ohio State than Michigan in some ways. Um, just with with not having to worry about the run. I mean, I think they match up on the outside, and Michigan wasn't going to test them on the outside as much. I guess is is where that comes from. So I, I think that's the matchup that matters. It's that matchup and the offense and the, the line and the line play. Um, but if the defensive backs can do what it feels like they're capable of doing without getting flagged or doing stupid stuff, you got to like Penn State's chances. Um, and and I think that's all you can ask for. I mean, and I think they they've been close with them before. They're they're not they're not that far away. They may not be elite, but they're darn close to really good. And you know so. We'll see. Yeah, I think at some point this series is going to at least start balancing out the way the Michigan series has. And I think that ship is getting closer to port between the team that's available this year, the team that's going to be available next year and, and beyond. Um, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see the, the way this noon stuff works out, and we'll talk about big new, the, the actual big noon process and everything that's involved in that here in a bit. But the way the noon games work out at Beaver Stadium go one of two ways. Number one, it's, I've heard, you know, convents, silent nun convents louder than Beaver Stadium. And, you know, I think then number two, it can be a hostile environment, but I think a lot of that depends on what happens in the first maybe five minutes of the game or so. And I think, you know, if they come out and play like they did against Minnesota, um, everybody's just going to be holding their breath until like something happens. And by the time people are done holding their breath, it's too late. Like the crowd's just not going to be able to get back into it. Um, so I think a fast start is very important. I often think like, going back to the 2017 game, I think Penn State would have won that game if it was home, at home because that place, I don't think the stadium would still be standing after Saquon's touchdown. Like, place would have just went bonkers. Um, so that's kind of my take there. I think um, I'm interested to see how it plays out in terms of, like, people getting in because this is the first true big noon experience for a, a big noon game. That, quite a while. When's the last big, like, bigger noon opponent game that you could remember, Steve. I don't know. I'll have to look while we're talking. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been a while. I mean, I can remember that 
Michigan game was at maybe 3.30, that one whiteout. But other than that, like, I'm kind of interested to see how that whole process goes. Um, will people actually want to be willingly get into their seats earlier and ahead of time? Um, so, I don't know. That's that's my spicy hot take on on the game. Yeah, and I think, I think the crowd will be loud. And if it's not shame on them, right? I mean, it just, it is... Who they, who they are, but I don't think, I think it's not about, and, and there was, I forget who it was, I think it was both the Penn State radio network talked about it, and maybe the broadcast a little bit, oh, you know, kind of that, that it's kind of the, it's kind of the Alan Michaels gambling reference, but to alcohol, oh, the crowd's a little more into it this time of day, blah, blah. say they were drinking, like, I don't understand, like, I'm not, and we're not allowed to say people drank, but I don't think that's what made the crowd noisy, last week they were geeked because it was the whiteout and whatever else and i think this week it'll be because it's ohio state, state. and the game matters and, and whatever else they played michigan last last michigan michigan last november was a noon game was it really yep yep i remember illinois, the stadium being pretty loud for that game um illinois last year was noon of course that was quiet probably villanova was noon. but that was that's but, the that's the other example that's the opposite end of the spectrum yep. i remember that game not having any any energy at all the other one that comes to mind was the one, I think it was maybe 2016 or seven, it would have been 2017. And Saquon fumbled the punt against Indiana or the kickoff against Indiana. And it was just like, oh, there was a weird energy in here. Yeah, that one was a 3.30 game. The last, the Michigan when the game was noon and then there was a pit game about two years ago that was at noon. And I don't know that the pit game would have been as juiced, you know, just the things we've talked about for the past couple of years about people being interested. So this is probably the biggest noon game in the past couple of years, for sure. Um, the stadium stuff is interesting to me, and we can talk about however you want to go. I just, we haven't added seats to that stadium in a decade and a half, right? Like, how it's, okay, so why is it all of a sudden so hard? To, okay, so why is it all of a sudden so hard for people to park and get in? Like I don't know what changed in the past five years. I don't. I don't. I don't understand that part of it. Okay, go ahead. I see. I see a hand. Darian in the front row. Please Thank go you. ahead. I don't know why I'm raising my hand. Um, okay, I, I do have a, a take on that. I do think the run your route thing has slowed people down getting in. I think it's actually. I think it's better getting in. The problem is they scan your parking pass now, which is very annoying. They don't need to do that. Two. I think the actual physical process of people getting into the stadium is people were, and I'm wondering like, I wish there was a way, because I, I wish there was a way to like track this. People were tailgating until the last second possible and then going to the stadium. And then mm -hmm. it was creating a massive rush. Now that there's beer in the stadium, there's no need to jam in a couple beers. You can just buy like one or two when you get to the stadium. Right. So I'm interested because I heard from multiple people on, on this past Saturday, it was one of the easiest process they had getting in. And I heard that after the game, there was a lot more in terms of getting people out of the game, like out Good. of the parking lot. But I think, I think this run your route thing is, it does have something to do with it. Like I think, I think the biggest problem is more so, I don't know, like, some some of Penn State's home schedule really hasn't been that sexy or interesting. Oh no, I agree. Um, I think they pushed people to get in early last week. I mean, we went in early just because I'm going to take the whole experience with with Alexa. But it, it um, I think people were getting in earlier. 
So I didn't have a chance. I didn't watch like the, the backup between the magnetometers. Usually that happens, right? And people can't figure that out and they're getting in line. And again, I still am a firm believer that I don't think those, I think those are CYA devices more than actually finding anything kind of devices, you know, but we I've were in it a breeze because we were so early. I've never seen more beer inside the stadium that wasn't purchased at the stadium. Than right, like, right. It must be very easy to get. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. Um. Okay. You want to talk about Big Noon, and then we can talk about the twenty twenty. Sure. Um, Big Noon is coming to town. Uh, you seem quite excited about it, Steve. It seems like they're set up in the like secondary, uh, college game day spot, kind of there on the corner with the stadium in the background. Well, but but the game's at noon, and they want to guarantee a crowd. Look, I think if Big Noon went to Old Main, they would have to give away vehicles not playstations <laughs> to get people to show up i just I, I i talked to several students so far this week hey you going you excited and they're like no it's not game day so i get it and they will have a crowd because they're going to be right there where everybody's walking by the whole time and they're going to give away stuff it's going to look good on tv and, and i'm sure the fine people i met a, i met a photographer from tampa who worked for fox when i was at the purdue game worked for for big noon talked a little bit about their efforts and traveling with it. I'm sure they are fine people. I just, I'm not interested. The show, it just doesn't have the gravitas. And I don't, as a fan or a college football fan, for sure, respect the people who's, who are sharing opinions on it, right? Like they're just, I don't know. It's the, it's the backup show. Yeah. Um, it, as much as they're doing fine in the ratings and they're doing all of this other stuff, it's very much the backup show. Like, there's not going to be people there at 4 a.m. waiting like there is for game day, right. you know, lined up to get into the pit. Um, but T-shirt's not going to not going to do it. Um, there's free Wendy's, though, Steve. I see that. I see that. Um, and, I'm, and again, I'm sure they'll have a crowd. And I think three or four years from now, it'll probably be a different story. Like they'll be more established, but they'll still be not game day. Right. Like <laughs> that's that's all. And it's it's great attention for the program. It's wonderful that they're here. I thought about going over, but with a noon game and some stuff and, and Guinness, it's a good excuse to not walk over there. So my question for you is, is there a Urban Meyer effect to this in terms of if Urban Meyer wasn't there, would people care more? Because I think it's interesting that like Urban Meyer has to go to Michigan like three times a year and Penn State at least once a year and the Michigan Ohio state game once, once a year and people just kind of have to like deal with that. The fact that he's there and he's like it pretty much every fan base in the country outside of maybe three, the most vilified person in, in college football. Like, do you think that's a turnoff for people? Yeah. And then I think, I don't know, it would be interesting to really, if I had the time to invest to see, you know, do they watch for signs, you know, and that they collect that are there that are anti-urban or, or negative, but I do think that's part of it. I mean, I, he's not, he does not have a good reputation. He doesn't seem trustworthy. Right. So as a fan, he doesn't seem touch. Well, no, I guess he does seem touchy feely depending on who you are, but it just, it, it doesn't feel like, I'm sorry, but it just came out. Um, it just, it's not, it's not relatable, right? Like it's not even Reggie Bush isn't super likable. I mean, from afar. There's a, there's a, not a showmanship, but a, a, a too polished, too refined 
feel to it that like yes in some like for a while there game day was kind of bordering on it with more like pollock and more desmond stuff and i'm not the biggest like i like pollock but i'm not the biggest desmond fan this feels like like every single one of these dudes looks like a dude out of central casting like the quarterback the main sports talk show host the running back the other quarterback and then the football coach well, and I think that's my challenge, and it's it's okay. So it's a me problem with with the tenor of the show, right? If you're the second, if you're number two, it's kind of like the Avis. Try harder, be a little more relatable, do whatever. But that's not the Fox mentality, right? Even in their box, you know, Gus Johnson isn't try harder. Gus Johnson is louder, bombastic. We're the best, right? And that's what their show is just doing. And if you say it long enough, over a couple of years, people will start believing it. Um, but right now. It's not, and and that's okay. But and people still watch because they're leading into the biggest game of the week. Well, and I think the other thing is, I mean, I can't tell you the number of people I've seen this week bitch about it in terms of the fact that this is a noon game. Like this is this is a top in terms of the national landscape. This is a top ten game in the country this season. And it will be one of the highest rated games of the, the season in terms of yep. TV. So why is it at noon? Like the noon slot is reserved for Nebraska playing the little sisters of the poor, you know, which maybe Nebraska is the little sisters of the poor. Now that I say this, um, like that, like there, there was a stereotype about playing at noon. And I think that is kind of like, hard when you're trying to get a bunch of people there be loud and crazy and i'm sure people will be there loud and crazy but people are annoyed that this game is at noon like right. people are genuinely bothered by that but that stereotype and that fact that fact of that when those game times are is only in your lifetime right i mean in my lifetime penn state played almost all its games at one for the longest time you know, the first night game was Nebraska, what, 82, when they brought lights in for a 3.30 game and played that game at 3.30. So night games in the whole scheme of things are, are relatively newish, and we've done a good job with them here. And, and and it's only been a decade or so since ESPN said, okay, let's do, or ABC, ESPN did it for years, that ABC said, okay, Saturday nights, let's put a game on, right? And the ratings have been super, and it worked. For Fox, the noon games draw a number, and and they're committed to it. So as the net as the, the conference for whom they have the most games, if you want your team to be good, <laughs> they're going to be playing some noon games. Um, unless you know NBC will pick up one night. NBC will probably be the home of the whiteout at some point, right? Just because it's going to get the night games and, and that'll be the game they can pick if they can get it picked in time. It, it wouldn't surprise me that the whiteout becomes a not a season-long build, but maybe like a two-week build. Right, like we find out who has the network and what what they do with it. Because if if Fox picks Ohio State, well, when do we play next year, it's October twenty first. We're out there, so it won't matter. Like, but if Fox picks a game in late October for a home game for the whiteout, they're gonna have they're gonna have baseball at in the after, in the evening, right? So you're gonna hope that NBC picks the game. But you know, looking ahead to next year, and I guess we can finish some more on Ohio State if you want. But looking ahead at next year. There's what two candidates for the whiteout, and one's really early and one's really late. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I I think like I think Saturday's a trial run for the new normal. 
Right. Um, and, but it is going to be, the fans don't have a choice about it, right? They, yeah. They, it is the new normal. They're going to have to get on board and come there and be loud at noon. Yeah. 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 That's no, that's perfect way of saying it. Um, you hit on it there. I'm, I want to, let's, let's look at the skit. We'll talk about the schedule kind of secondarily. Very fascinated by, and I, and I think we talked about this, and maybe I've read this and I forget what the order, the, the new pecking order will be. So right now, the, in general, the pecking order is a draft between um, ESPN and Fox, kind of back and forth over the, the properties that they share. Next year, that's going to go to three, really three between NBC, Fox, and uh, CBS. Mm-hmm. One would assume that Fox is always going to get the, is going to get the first pick because they have the most money involved in this. The NBC deal and the CBS deal are basically the same. I'm wondering if NBC kicking in Peacock is going to get them the two picks, so to speak. So I wonder how that's going to shake out with slotting. Like maybe there's only one big noon game for Penn state a year. And then there's three, there's a couple three thirty games and a couple Fox games and everything else is FS one or you know, BTN. So uh, I'm interested by that. Yeah. Somebody tried to tell me that Fox had the first four picks like of games, which, you know, is possible, right? You're gonna, they're going to pick Ohio state, Michigan one, like whoever, I mean, you start working through it. Ohio state, Michigan's the first pick. Yeah. That's always, always going to be the first pick. Right. And then, and then you see what else there is. And then maybe there's the game you, maybe there's Penn state, Ohio state, but next year it doesn't matter because they're at Ohio state. Right. Um, and who's on the West side. Illinois could be interesting next year, but I don't know that they that they pull viewers in Chicago. No, Wisconsin's the only team that pulls in viewers on. Right. I mean, realistically, and I and it, it, looking at last week's number from from the whiteout. I mean, Penn State, Minnesota was the sixth ranked, sixth most viewed game of the weekend. Yeah. Penn State doesn't pull people up with it. Ohio State pulls people up with it in the numbers. It, by if, if Ohio State would have been playing against Minnesota it would have been the third or fourth most viewed game of the season because it just would have been. Um, but yeah, I, I, the pecking order could change. Even if Fox has the first few, I think the 330 games at CBS will be fine and be treated and they'll be the biggest game of the day for them. And people are used to watching CBS at 330. Mm-hmm. And they're used to seeing the SEC, but they're used to watching it. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be... And then I thought your point about the opener, like I think that could happen. Yeah, so that's that was the big thing. So let's let's run through the schedule and then I'll get to that point. So the schedule next year is West Virginia, University of Delaware, at Illinois to open up the season in the Big Ten, which we'll certainly talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about well, we won't talk about well, we might talk about the Iowa game. Iowa, Northwestern, then the bye, and then you play UMass, and then you play Ohio State at Ohio State, Indiana, Maryland, uh, Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan State. Um it's a very favorably laid out schedule for Penn state. Um, not really anything that I have an issue with. The big thing that I was concerned about, we're supposed to have a wedding on the seventh. Don't have to have, don't have to miss the wedding or the game because that's the bye weekend now. So that's good. Um, but there was an interesting point brought out by FB schedules. My, Literally one of my favorite websites, the website that I spent a weird amount of time on, currently have their helmet guide printed out right in front of me. Um, They pointed out that in the press release, uh, let me find the tweet so I can get you the specific language, uh, from the Big Ten release, select Saturday games in the 2023 season may be adjusted 
to select Fridays and other special dates, including Labor Day, Sunday, and Black Friday. The 2024 schedule will be announced in the future. I am very fascinated by Labor Day Sunday. So the Big Ten has not dipped its toes into the whole Labor Day Sunday thing. And what I'm looking at here is the first, I'm looking at everybody's schedule. They're only interesting games. The only interesting games that first week with power involving power five schools are Rutgers playing Northwestern, Indiana playing Ohio State, and then Penn State playing West Virginia. Now, um, NBC is going to have the contract next year. That's the only Sunday of the year, basically, that they'll have that you can put a college football game on because that's the only Sunday that really there ever is college football games. NBC is not going to have anything to show that Sunday night. Like, What are they going to show? They're not going to want to compete against another college football game. I really feel like that West Virginia game is going to be a Sunday night game. And I don't know why. I don't have any inside sources, nothing like that. It just makes sense. Like if, why would they, why else would they say that? Like I, it's such a vague statement to say, why else would they, would they say it? Well, it feels like one of them is going to be, I mean, it could be Ohio state too, although it's just Indiana, right? It's an Indiana, Ohio state. Is that it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that checks two conference teams, right? So that might be easier to, to do in some ways or maybe harder. I don't know. Yeah. It feels like if they're, they're offering that disclaimer that they're thinking something's going somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, how much of a, and I don't know, I thought NBC was starting later in the season, but again, maybe because that opening Sunday it offers them up. How much of a of a, a downer would it be if it was FS1? Would it matter for the broadcast partner or if the game was still on? Like if yeah, it got moved, would be would stupid. It, okay, like what, just checking. Like, I, I, know that, I don't mean to be blunt, but like, why would Fox do that? Why wouldn't Fox just take the game? Well, and it could be, it could be that too. Like I, it, I can't understand it. I, I think, People will be annoyed by it because, in general, they're just annoyed with Fox screwing with the schedule in the way they've been screwing with the schedule lately. Um, I, I cannot. There's a part of me that kind of wants to see it happen because I want to see the reaction, right? I mean, it's bad. And I mean, I'm t- telling you about when lights were in your lifetime. I can't imagine who, what was the, what's the couple's name from New York? Uh, Bill and Linda, Bill and Joan. I forget. That's... I mean, they're going to have to go to church first on Sunday and then drive up. I, I don't know how that would play, so we'll see. And I don't know. I haven't looked into what other games are that week, but um kind of interested in that. So I think that's interesting. Um, and I think going back to our conversation earlier, you look at that schedule, what game's a whiteout? There's really three games that pop out to me. West Virginia, Ohio, Iowa, and Michigan. Right. You don't really They're not going to waste it on West Virginia. They're not going to waste it on the Susan Oprah, right? You yeah. just can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't right? do that. So that leaves Iowa and Michigan. That Michigan game's a little late for a whiteout. But a 3.30 game, November 11th, is a whiteout at night, realistically. True. That's a good point. You know, and and I, w- I wouldn't waste the respect on Iowa. <laughs> no disrespect to Love Iowa, but I wouldn't, waste it. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't waste it on them. I'd give them, I don't know. Who moved? And that. That's a good point. Like I guarantee you that conversation is happening. To and 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 after what's been happening with Michigan in the past week, right? Like, mm-hmm. let let's play the whiteout with them. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. That's a good point. That's a good point. 
Because um, you can guarantee that's going to be a whiteout in terms of time-wise and vision. Like, it's yeah, yeah. Even even God forbid a noon game on a hazy gray day in November, which it, nobody's going to make it noon. It's a three. It's a three thirty game against Michigan. That's the whiteout. Okay. You know? There, there you go, Steve. You got it first. There you go. Get your white stuff now. November eleventh. Um, stuff. Hopefully they sell hoodies. Exactly. Um, right. Downtown business will probably appreciate that. They've done T-shirts for years, and you get the official whiteout hoodie. I don't understand why they haven't done hoodies. Like that makes no sense to me. That like like we don't live. We don't. We aren't UCF. We don't like. <laughs> it's true. We have family that goes to UCF. They have season tickets. They're, they go in like flip-flops and shorts and tank tops and every game. And I'm like, middle finger to you. That was me giving the middle finger to Steve. And then I said middle finger. How wonderful would that be? I, I enjoy the games early on when it is flip-flops and, and tank tops, though. It's a big hike up to upstairs, up to the top of the yeah, that's a, flip-flops. That's a, yeah, flip-flops but are... I do miss that part. Um. Anyways. All right. Um. Anything else you want to add about the schedule or... No, glad it's out. No patience for anybody who'll complain about opening on the road, just win the games. Although that's a tough, that's going to be a tough game. I mean, yeah, I don't think that's but there's going to be a tough game no matter what time they play. Whether they play the first game of the year in conference or later in the year at Illinois next year is going to be a tough game. And for people who like Chicago, you got two trips in the same month to the city of Chicago. So let me, let me just bring up a point about that. The previous schedule basically had the Iowa game and the Northwestern game swapped. And we were looking forward to just renting an Airbnb for the week out there. And now we can't. So it's annoying, but say it'll be first world problems. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's uh, the rest of the big 10 does not like, there's not a lot of interesting big 10 games next year. Um, like, no, there's not non-conference games that involve big 10. That's what I mean. Nobody plays them. Like Michigan state plays Washington and Ohio state plays Notre Dame. Like that's it for, majorly interesting non-conference games yep. this year. Um, well, Virginia Tech plays back-to-back Big Ten games. They play Purdue, and then they play Rutgers. The more you know. He's going to need some wins down there at Virginia Tech, so hopefully he can get one of those. Or two of those. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do it. Let's, let's, what's this, week, old, this week's Old Guy Young oh, Guy? Oh, we're there. Okay, cool. This is Old Guy Young Guy. This is 1980s and maybe early 90s TV shows. Okay. There are five questions and a bonus question. I am going to name the lead character or characters. Sometimes it's a couple, sometimes it's a single person. Okay. And you have to name the show. Just the show, not the actors or anything like that? No, nope, not the show. I'm going to name the actor, the character the actors played. You just need to name the show. Okay. So we'll start, I think, easy. Cliff and Claire Huxtable. It's uh, is it the Huxtable? It's not the Huxtables. It is. It's not. Is it he was a times? doctor on the show, huh? No. Is it Good Times? No, no. that's seventies. Okay. He was a doctor on the show. I, I I can picture them. He had weird sweaters. No, you can't picture him because you picture him, you know who it was. Okay. I'm gonna... That's the Cosby Show. That's right. Okay, this is um, another couple, not married. Okay, not married. Sam and Diane. Oh, that's Cheers. Okay, good. Um, 
Another couple, also not married, um, Tony Maselli was the male character. Female character, her name was Angela Bauer. Tony Maselli worked for Angela Bauer. Is it a sitcom? Yes. Maybe not in your wheelhouse. Maybe too old for you. Mm, I'm not sure. Give me another hint. He was an Italian dude, and he had a daughter named Samantha. And Angela had a blonde-haired son who's, I don't know what his name was. I don't know. Who's the boss? Mm, I don't think I would have got that one. Yeah, I don't know either. Okay. Um, that was the Tony Danza show, though, Tony right? Tony Danza, exactly. Okay. So you can look that. See, I knew that. Point so there. Good time. Um, Alex P. Keaton is the character. It wasn't Doogie Hauser, was it? No, because Doogie Hauser. I wanted to use Doogie Hauser, but the character's name was Doogie Hauser. So it's kind of. Okay. So half a point for that. You're getting points for like related shows, sort of. Um, Alex. Was it, had, a was it a medical show? No, it was a family sitcom. His, I don't know what his mom did. His dad worked for like the PBS station. Alex was very conservative Republican. His parents were very like liberal. Um, Alex P. Keaton is also his, um, what else was he? He was in the movies. He was in, his, the actor that played him in the movies, it was... Um, What's the the Back of the Future the Back of the Future actor? So Alex P. Keaton was that actor. Teen Wolf. He was also that movie too. Yeah, the name of the sitcom was. Family oh, I don't Ties. know. What the, okay, I didn't know. I I wouldn't have got that one. Okay, it's so my bad. These might be out of your one. Then the last one is yeah. the. What well, my daughters, I would tell them the show is a classic because I think it was great. The main male character is Kevin Arnold. Oh, you gotta give me another hint. His girlfriend was Winnie Cooper. Oh, wow. Um, they remade it about two years ago with an African-American family before this family was all white. Okay, The Wonder Years. Uh, oh, okay, that was my favorite show of all no, time. Oh, wow. That's, so, a, that's, a good, that's a good clock cleaning by you. <laughs> wait, wait, here's the bonus question. Okay, and this, bonus is, question. This, is, this is related to your college. That's a huge hint. The lead character is Sam Beckett. I feel like I know this because I feel like this person's on the alumni page in the fake alumni page. Am I right? The person who created the show is oh. definitely in the so, alumni page. So uh, there's, there's too many shows that he made. And um, this one was just remade again this year. Is it Quantum like, Leap? It is Quantum Leap. Okay. Thank God. Because I, I couldn't remember... Like you got like PI you was... got half a point for Tony Danza and you got half a point for Teen Wolf, so that's three out of five okay. on a soft grading scale. Okay, thank you. That's a, yeah. that's a that's a D. Gets yeah. me through most gen eds at Penn State. Exactly. Man, we should. That's a that's the one. Like, I wonder how many how many Bellasario shows do you think you've watched over the years? Because there's a lot of them. There's a lot. I mean, I watched Magnum. I watched Quantum Leap. I didn't want so much watch Jag and NCIS, but I know they exist. Okay. Watch and he's actually an executive producer on the new quantum, which is God oh, bless really? him. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. like he there's this, there's an on-screen credit because I was we were debating whether or not and we weren't debating. I'm like, do I need to promote this show? Right. Yeah. And I needed to watch the trailer to make sure he was listed. I'm like, okay, yes, we need to promote the show. 
So yeah, that's great. Cool. Um, so you'll be there Saturday. What his, his his daughter? Do you know what show his daughter was on? No, I don't. I think it was. I know Pretty she's Little famous Liars. for being on show. There you go. Thank you. I bet your daughters watched that show. I'm sure they did know that. If they've gotten this far in the podcast, Sam saying dad, that's horrible. I forget what her first name is, but she's also married. Troyan. What is it? Her first name's Troyan. Right, Troyan Belisario. Pretty sure that's her. Yeah, yeah, that's her. And there was actually a Quantum Leap episode. There was actually a Quantum Leap episode, like called something for Troyan or something like that, that he did in her honor when she was first born or young. So, anyhow. So you're in the stadium this week, no weddings, nothing. What are you looking forward to? I don't know. Um, I think I think I'm excited about being like like worked out nice that the whiteout, like I didn't have to, I missed the whiteout, but we're still getting a big game. Like it's it's kind of rare that you get two big games at home like like you do this year. Uh so I think I'm I'm excited about that. Um I don't know. I might get a beer on Saturday. Just really okay. mix things up. Like I, I'm not gonna wear jeans. I'm gonna wear khaki pants on Saturday. I've decided. I've pretty much only ever worn jeans to football games. So wow. we're just trying to change the voodoo. I think is. is Does it change? So what's what 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 will you wear? You still jersey? We're in, we're in a blue section, so I have to wear a hoodie. Okay, which is fine. Um, I hate wearing blue. Like I, I normally always wear white to games. See, it's those Penn State rules followers, right? Like. That one little speck of white would kill you, right? And you got to oh, follow yeah. along in the so, so there you go. Yeah, no, I, I'm like, I, I, and I don't even know, like, I feel weird wearing like a white undershirt. That's how <laughs> weird I am about it. So. Mm, that's all great. Right. This was a longer podcast, but there was a lot to discuss. So hopefully you listened to all of it. If you didn't, or you made it to at least this far, thank you. Um, we've got an email. Steph Summer says podcast at gmail.com. Uh, while you're on the podcasting services, thumbs up, five stars, all of that would be great. Um, we've got a Twitter handle. Well, we got two Twitter handles. I've got one and Steve has one. Mine's at Stuff Summer says. Steve's is. At Steve Samsel. Other than that, um, we'll see you Saturday, hopefully. Um, hopefully you're getting there bright and early. Because um, parking lots open at 6 a.m. apparently, so. That's a little early, right? Like that's that's early for me. That's people infringing on my time is what that is, yes. Oh, oh, now Steve's gotta get up at oh, dark 30, baby. versus exactly. 515. Oh load the car the night before, get in. Don't even don't even bother. You're not you're not you can wear whatever colors you want. That's true. Tailgate colors, whatever you want. Yeah. All right. See you. Goodbye.